gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. That was the first time I saw that intro. That joint was dope. I loved it. Um, guys, welcome to the Sideline Junkies Podcast Network. We are here to entertain you, offer our opinions. You are free to join in the comments to say things, respond. Get mad at us. I, we don't care. Let's make it fun. Because all we want people to remember and all we want people to do is remember that tonight all the people will be saying Thursday night throwdown. Yeah. I wait all week for that. I swear I do. I wait all week for it. Like I was sitting around all day today and I was like, yeah, it's Thursday. I'm going to get it tonight. I'm going to get it tonight. Man. I live for that. That that's like the the the, the, the almost a perfect cap to the almost weekend. I love it. Midnight Rider, how you feeling tonight, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Trying to figure out: Am I eating this half a sandwich from Jersey Mike's? Mm-hmm. I've got a. Um, I've been bestowed some chicken wings from Safeway. Mm. Um, or we can go for the gusto. There's still just a little bit of roast left. And, and I had some last night. Oh, it was so tender. Oh, it was tender. So, I don't know, man. Not not, not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Uh, we had chili this tonight. Chili with some uh, with some uh, um, rice. So, that's what okay. we did. We did chili with some rice tonight. It's cold. It's going to be even colder next week. I don't know. I might have some turkey bones and, 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 and something. In the freezer, I might make a pot of turkey soup. I might have a, a, a ham bone in there, make some great northern beans or something when it get cold. I don't know. Make some baby limas. I, I don't know. I might go old school. It's cold. My wife's over this frowning up her face. Oh, I but I've seen things like that to make her make, make her frown up her face. She can't stand the turkey bones thing, but of I course. For a I know for a fact this I guy. This weekend. It's, it's the weekend cold. Hey, the kid yeah. loves chili. Um, before we jump off in this thing, let me say this. Tuesday was Dario's birthday and, and uh, the boss BJ's daughter, oldest daughter Bria's birthday. Um, yesterday was the boss BJ's birthday. So happy birthday to the boss BJ. Um, he's, he's supposed to have a fight scheduled this weekend. Um, fighting um, Joe Lewis. Because Joe Lewis is 175 years old, so Boss BJ is 174. Let's get it. But a happy birthday to him. Um, and on, on an honest note, all jokes aside, I don't think I'm phone. You know, this, this whole podcast thing was a brainchild of his, and we just kind of like, all right, you plan it, we'll water it. And we've been watching it grow ever since. So, happy birthday to the boss, BJ. Now, today is Lady C's uh, uh, son's birthday. Mr. Braylon, happy birthday to him. Hitting the teenage years. Uh, man, we and we still ain't done. We still got birthdays to get to for the rest of the month. So, you know. Oh, well, But happy birthday. Happy today birthday. is my niece's birthday. So, my niece, I don't know what year this is. I think you guys subtract 12 and carry the one, but whatever it is, her birthday's today too. Mm. 
Cheese. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, Matt chimed in. He said, uh, butterfly cut chicken breast, yellow rice with an avocado sauce, a steamed broccoli here. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Midnight Rod, how much gas think, you got? You think we can make it to Matt House? Oh, nothing. I don't think so, bro. I don't think so. <laughs> just a thought. Just a thought. And uh, Xavier said he got his money on Uncle BJ. Eh, he might. I think he'll beat Joe Lewis. You know, he beat Joe Lewis's ass. <laughs> well, I don't know um, if I officially said it to him or not, but happy birthday, B. Um, for sure. I, I know we had some transactions yesterday, but I don't know if I said happy birthday or not in those interactions. Um, so happy belated. I know there's a reason I like that guy. January birthdays, baby. I tell you. Man, you see it scrolling down at the bottom if you're watching live, if you're watching the playback, you see it down at the bottom. If you listen to us on uh, one of the 20 or so uh, platforms that we're on, and I'll go over those before we end the show because we got some new ones. Uh, Fortmose.com, B-U-Y-F-O-R-T-M-O-S-E.com backslash discount backslash maniacs. That'll get you $10 off your order. You can buy yourself a good bourbon, a rye, a whiskey, whatever you like to sip on. And if you are a smoker, you like to smoke your cigars, you got your good stick and a good bourbon, the, uh, the Nubian Sumo tells me that's a great combination. So visit fortmose.com, buy fortmose.com, enter our discount code uh, MANIACS, Get yourself $10 off. You over you order over 130 free delivery. Now, we alluded to this on Tuesday, and I wanted the Midnight Rider to uh elaborate. A lot of people are doing mock drafts with Washington because Washington has an abundance of picks and a lot of cap money. I'm hearing, you know. People even going in and saying about the free agents they're going to sign. This free agent, that free agent. So all these big-name guys. And I wanted the Midnight Rider to lay down a set of ground rules when you do a mock draft for any team in the NFL. Please. Because these dudes are delusional. I seen a dude that had 35 picks in a draft. Oh, I traded back three times and got this bevy of picks. And I, I traded this and got this and I released this person. Please lay down some ground rules, Midnight Rider, because these dudes are getting out of goddamn hand. Is it the offseason? Is your team not in the postseason? Does your team and you have time on his hands right now? While the team, the players on your team are going to Cancun, you have decided to play GM. And by playing GM, you're doing mock drafts right now. Yes, it's mock draft season, folks. And in doing your mock draft, there are some things that good mock draft people don't do. If you do a mock draft and you have 24 players that you've drafted, that is not a good mock draft. If you do a mock draft and you have 18 players drafted, that is not a good mock draft. What you would want for your mock draft to do is actually look like a real draft. So while you're sitting at home and you're contemplating, do I want to trade back from number one and pick up 45 picks 
from the Cleveland Browns. Just think to yourself, what would a real GM do? And we're not talking about a draft day GM like the movie where he traded back two or three times. We're talking about real GMs. And if you don't know if the trade's going to work, if you just go into your Madden game and propose a trade and see if it works. But make sure you don't have, you have trades enforced so that way they can reject deals. So again, during this time of year, when you're with a friend or you're at home alone and you're thinking, hey, I think I'm a GM. While you're thinking you're a GM, just remember, be reasonable with the number of picks you take because you cannot walk out of a draft with 24 players and eight picks in the 2025 and 2026 draft. So we ask you, if you do mock draft, mock draft responsibly. My name is the Midnight Rider, and this message is brought to you by the Sideline Junkies. Please mock draft responsibly, folks. Cheerio. Ten minutes in, we already got a reel. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Matt says, oh, my God, that is some funny shit. Yeah, it is. Because here's the thing. The Midnight Rider is absolutely right. And you hit every bullet point. And mind you, he hit these bullet points off the top of his head because I just said, hey, we're going to talk about mock draft. He said, you got to lead me in. Hey, throw a PSA out there. Let them know that they're wrong. So many people in this fan base. But it's not this fan base. Well, I, I can only go off this one. I got you. I got you. No, because you are more. You're more local. I'm. I, I tend to. You all over. I jump around a little bit. Um, try to because I like to get the feel of just what teams are thinking. I, I didn't get my Philadelphia in this week, um, and that's that's my bad. But I should have gotten some Philly radio. I think I'm gonna lead off with them Monday. Um, but. Nah, because if the Browns win, I got to go to the Browns. But, nah, it's just, you know, I don't know why I even did it. I even did a mock a couple times, and I would say, you know, this is the one I'm just going to play around with. And, you know, you walk out, you got 17 picks, and you got this. You done got a whole defensive line, a whole secondary. And, you know, that's it. So, well, then um, one of the other groups – my guy TJ turns Johnson I like will call he'll text me in a in a chat and be like hey um oh god um <laughs> you might be a redneck <laughs> I agree with that <laughs> I, oh man you gotta no, call this like delusion but no it's it's just one of those things where we talk and we'll be like all right you can trade back but you can only trade back three spots like that's the furthest you can go or you got two trade backs and that's it and the reason I, I would say like especially for this team this year I would say three picks is the most you want to trade back because you're going I'm operating under the thought process is you're still trying to get a quarterback so if you're at two the lowest you can go is five because I would suspect that the Cardinals um, would draft wide receiver 
to give um, Kyler Murray something to work with. So I think that's the destination for Marvin Harrison Jr. And then if everybody's one of the full quarterbacks, like I think they're going to be, that's your lowest spot. Speaking of which, I seen a mock draft. This is done by either ESPN or something. And they were just kind of like doing the first five picks. It wasn't nothing full. It was just the first five picks. And they had uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. going to Chicago. Right. One overall. They had Drake May going at two. Right. Somebody asked a really, really good question since we're talking about drafts. And I'll get you on this real quick and then we'll move on. What do you, what if Caleb Williams is more Johnny Manziel, Johnny Manziel than Peyton Manning or even Eli? Well, I think see, and this is the part I keep telling people: we're so early in the evaluation process that these questions can be asked, and we're never really going to get the real answer until week one of the season. But for me. What I think, well, what I um, subscribe to is that if, as I go through the process, I know certain engines don't update their statuses. So right now I'm using, I think I'm using Pro Football Focus for my mock draft. And I know right now this mock that I'm getting today, once we hit the senior bowl, the results are going to change. Players are going to move around. And then once we finally get all the final declarations of going pro, that's also going to change it. Like Quinn Ewers goes back. So now when you get into the second round of most of your drafts, right around 43 to 45, there's not going to be Quinn Ewers getting taken. You know, there's not going to be Shador Sanders getting taken because those guys are realistically going to be taken off of these boards. So I would recommend if you're doing sites, try to find sites that update um, on a regular basis um, so you don't get stale. Just keep seeing the same old names in the same spots um, on your draft board. So that's the one thing I recommend. And then the second thing, I, I just say, just get you some rules and make it realistic and make it fun. But have fun in the process. All right. Now, this is a fun topic. That Well, this is a not-so-fun topic, and that's the coaching carousel that's been turning. Uh, we'll start with – let's start with college. Nick Saban, 17 years at Alabama, uh, six national championships, nine SEC championships, uh, 206 and 29, has retired. Um, I'll start one by one. Thoughts on uh, Saban? You think he'll get bit by the coaching bug again? I mean, of course, you saw my reckless uh, speculation that he's going to go to Colorado, be the defensive coordinator for um, Dion. And then that way they can film all the athletic commercials in the same spot. They don't have to go nowhere to travel. Um, you know, maybe you move the duck. You know, the duck is more the sidekick. The buffalo becomes the main character. I don't know how you do that. Um, but on the the thing is, I think people are underestimating the effect that his Nick Saban retiring is essentially a tsunami. It's going to it's going to have such a watershed moment across the landscape of college football that you're going to see changes everywhere. And the only reason I think Saban um, decided to retire is I think he started looking at the, the, um, the landscape. You got 22 teams in this conference, 18 teams in this conference. 
Um, you got kids that you got to recruit every year. Sometimes you got to recruit these kids every day because of the NILs, because of the transfer portal. I think he just got tired of it. I think he knew it was time for him to go. Um, there was rumors that he was on a call for something, and I guess he didn't like the call or the Zoom, whatever he was in, and that just kind of frustrated him and it just set the wheels in place. And he kind of went from there, which is like, yeah, I don't really feel like doing this again. Um, but we'll see. And here's the dream of dreams right here. <laughs> Matt says in two years he will go back to his alma mater, Kent State. Strange thing. That's what's on But but seriously, once we figure out who takes Nick's spot, and it's gonna be this isn't gonna be somewhere where they're sitting there interviewing a whole bunch of people. They're gonna tap you and show the hey, you wanna come to Alabama? And then you either say yes or no. Uh I think we got Dan Lanning out of Oregon that already said no, which is kind of smart for him because I think he likes being in that that market up in Oregon. Uh so we'll see who's next. There's rumors, of course, that Coach Prime is interested in the Alabama job. Um, I was waiting for those to come out. Uh, but I know he wouldn't be somebody that they would peg or pick. Uh, there's talk about Florida State's coach, Norville. There's talk about Lane Kiffin because Lane Kiffin is a guy that really ha doesn't care what people think about him. He's going to be Lane Kiffin no matter what. And I think that's probably going to be the person that gets the, the job. And then that creates a whole like, old Miss. Now we got to feel old Miss. And then whoever leaves, wherever they did left to go to Ole Miss, you got to fill that coaching job. So you're going to get like a, a stretch or influx of coaches in this next stretch. And just remember, every time a coach leaves a school, so like right now Nick Saban has retired. So the transfer portal for the kids of Alabama, they have a 30-day window now that they can exercise and go decide to enter the portal or pull their name out of the portal for the next 30 days. And then that's going to happen at the next school. So whatever the school is that that coach leaves to go to Alabama, they're going to have the same 30-day window. And then the next school is going to have a 30-day window. So you're going to see some, some kids moving in the midst of all of this because Nick Saban retired. Mm. Perry says, gentlemen, hey, what's going on, Perry? Glad you could join us tonight. Ah, uh, Man, uh, this is a big one. I wasn't I was expecting it, but I wasn't expecting it. After 24 years, Bill Belichick has stepped down as Patriots head coach. Uh, six Super Bowls, 17 AFC East division titles, 333 and 178. The last couple of seasons have been, I'd say the last two seasons have been pretty, uh, pretty rough. Um, your thoughts on Belichick, and before you say, before you say anything, Washington fans, he's not coming here. Midnight Rider. So I think well, – no, I'm joking. I was going to say he's the favorite to get the Washington job. No. um, Seriously, man, I just think, you know, you got a great coach, a man that has probably changed the landscape, and I don't think anybody's going to ever be able to do to replicate six titles, 24 years, 300-plus um, wins over a career like he did. I think the game's going to be different. Um, you know, even if you look at the landscape, you think about guys like Tomlin um, and Harbaugh, who are the next highest tenured or longest longest tenured, I should use that word. Um, that's interesting. And then after those two, those are the only two I think that are in double digits. Then the next ones are Sean McVay, 
and Kyle Shanahan. Those are the next seven. So you see already, these guys got a whole bunch of work to put in to even get to where he was at. Um, I think he had some interesting philosophies. I felt bad that he never got a wide receiver, um, a dominant outside wide receiver outside of Randy Moss. I think that hurt his legacy a little bit. Um, and then especially towards the end, I think I think he just couldn't get the fits right, um, whether it was drafting receivers, um, playmakers on offense. It just didn't happen. And, and I think the last two years was just emblematic of that inability to find playmakers in the right spots. And this team struggled offensively. And um, Robert Kraft just, when they ended the their um, press conference, Kraft was like, I would kiss you, but I had a cold. And I think sarcastically, Bill was like, gee, thanks. Because um, he probably wanted no parts of that kiss. Um, so, <laughs> so, yeah, man, I mean, that's where we are. I mean, uh, I think, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to the, to the comments. I, I, Perry says, I agree with what you're saying. Perry says, uh, he think he'll finish up in ATL. Yeah, looks like he's, so. There's rumors that he's supposed to be going to and Atlanta and win the um, NFC South. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. I would say we should let that play out a little bit because he's gonna have his choice. He could go out to LA, um, take over the Chargers, uh, bring somebody along with him, one of his offensive guys, and in that way, when he brings that offensive guy. There goes your offense. I mean, not your offense, but there goes the balance that you would need for this program to move forward because the Chargers are really a good coach and a good defensive scheme away from being trouble in their division. I also think they need a running back, but that's that's another situation for another conversation. I, I had to switch off here. For, I saw it. Um, we're getting a little reboot going. Uh, Perry said off-topic. See that trade prediction from my NBA preview came true and it's working like a motherfucker. I gotta remember which trade do we which trade was that? I think somebody brought up Drew Holiday to Boston. I think we talked about that. And if <laughs> that's the one he's talking he's referring to, he's absolutely right. Um, and it's to the point where the Bucks have struggled mightily defensively, but they're still number two in the East. And and the Celtics have won, and with Drew Holiday, it just—I mean, their defense looks even better than it did with Marcus Smart. Hmm. Uh, Xavier asks, "What about Josh McDaniels? What about him?" I think if you're if you're New England, I think your two coaches that you're looking for are either Mike Vrabel or um, the, the kid that's already there. Um, the great middle linebacker they had back in the day, Jared Mayo. I think those are the I think those are their two options. And I think they go figure out which way they go with that. Maybe McDaniels comes back to being the, the offensive coordinator, but he's done getting head coach's jobs. And if he gets another head coaching job, whoever that owner is should be fine just for even entertaining um the ludic the ludicrous nature of that conversation. Uh Matt says the charges. Uh, e easier road. Perry said he said easier road. He also said uh, Harbaugh to the Chargers. 
Hey, he was saying uh, OG to the Knicks. Oh, okay. I forgot about that one. And Xavier, oh Lord. He said, what if he came to Washington? It's not happening, Xavier. Please stop. No, I mean, it's a possibility. We can't close any doors. I mean, all the reporting locally says it's a no. Everybody nationally wants to keep throwing it out there um, like it's a possibility. And I told people before that if there's a coach and he breathes air, they're going to link him to Washington some way, shape, or form. If there's a GM, he breathes air. They're going to link him to Washington some way, shape, or form until Washington makes his picks. Now, it looks like Washington's kind of settled down to Ian Cunningham um, and um, Peters. And the decision, they're making that decision either today or tomorrow so they can put that in place and then move forward with the other parts of their search. Uh, Matt says, uh, please let Super Genius go to New England and go 0 and 17. <laughs> If Super Genius goes anywhere again as a head coach, we should be allowed to find. Um, they should be allowed to have pitchforks, and um, they should be able to set the town on fire. Uh, Perry says, um, "Washington is a possibility, but I don't see it. I don't see it either. I, I mean, he's a breathing coach. Anything's a possibility, but I don't see it." So I mean, we're in the, we're in the Lloyd Christmas section. Of him being the Washington coach. So you're saying there's a chance. That's where we are right now. Uh, next up, Pete Carroll, 13 years in Seattle, five NFC West championships, a Super Bowl title, 137 and 69 and one. Also, headed up uh, the first team to ever make the playoffs with a losing record. With the 79, his first season, 79, won a division in 2010, uh, the Seattle Seahawks. He, but he st he's not the head coach, but he stays on as vice president of football operations and as an advisor. Um, I'm going to be real quick with this one. I think this starts to speak to the flux, the fluctuation that they're going to have in um, Seattle. And what I mean by that is the old man, Paul Allen, passed away. The team's been in the trust for the last couple of years. So we're probably getting to the point where um, they've satisfied some of the time constraints of the trust and they can start trying to sell this program. But I also thought that um, I think the ownership wants to move in a different direction. I think they want to go get a quarterback. They want to find them a quarterback of the future or at least a young quarterback. Um, they could try Geno out, but I don't think Drew Locke is the person that they see as being able to take over for them in the future and carry them anywhere. So with that being said, I believe that the the thing that was the the thing that stuck out stood out in their argument with Pete was Pete wanted to run it back the same. And I think they wanted to make some changes. And, of course, the person that pulls the purse strings has the power and has the most say. And I think that's also the same thing that happened down in Tennessee, is the, the, the owner wanted something different. 
Yeah. You got to go with the owner once more so than what the coach wants. Speaking of which, uh, Perry says Pete lost the front office battle. And we're talking about Vrabel. Perry, Perry says uh, Vrabel back to back home to the Pets. And Vrabel let go. Two NFC, I'm sorry, two AFC South uh, division titles, 54 and 45, has had a winning season every year except for the last two. But ownership didn't like where the ship was going. And that was that. So this, this, you know, the watershed moment that this, this team changed. And it was, it was draft night when they traded AJ Brown. I personally, I thought it was smart. If you weren't going to pay him, then you get something for him. Yeah. Problem is, what you picked up for him didn't work out. So sometimes you have to die on the cross of your beliefs. Like some GM, if that's what you believe as a GM, and that's what you what you set for, then you gotta die on that cross. You can't be scared to die on your cross because if you if you do, if you're scared, you you make it worse. And I felt like Ron Rivera was scared to die on his cross. Oh man, that, see, look, I gotta write these things down and trademark them. You got can't be afraid to die on the cross of your beliefs. That's gotta go on a t-shirt. That's <laughs> gotta go on a t-shirt. But it's the truth. Like, 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 and I talk about this all the time. Cause once we get to the draft, you're gonna hear me talk about identity, talk about what you believe in, um, and setting the standard. And I think that's all encompassed in this. And I think when Robinson made the move, I think management they just paid Tannehill. So so AJ was the odd man out. So he made the move. He went and got the kid that was the most A.J. Brown-like receiver of that draft, which is Traylon Burks from Arkansas. Now, the problem is that just didn't work out. Burks has been hurt the last two years. And then you had to sign Hopkins to be your number one this year, which is something you definitely didn't want to do. And then Robinson got fired, what, last year. So now Rand Carthon is in there. He's got a little bit different philosophy. And I think you're starting to see him try to implement his belief system into how the roster is shaped. And you want to hear me say it when it comes to Washington, because I thought Washington failed to live in there, to die on their cross. The cross should have been, if you sign Allen, you trade Payne, then you sign the end. Because you can't, it doesn't make sense to spend $40 million in two tackles. Just, it just doesn't make sense. They stood on their laurels and didn't sign Sheriff, but the problem is they didn't replace him. So, like, you, there's another piece to that. See, and, and, and everybody talks about, oh, you let these guys go. The problem wasn't letting them go. The problem was the replacement that you tried to put in their place was an utter failure. And it was it was a lack of preparation that put you in that situation. So, so like, I watched teams like the Ravens. I watched the Steelers. The Steelers will lose a pass rusher on the other side of T.J. Watt every four to five years. And guess who comes in? A new dude. Mm-hmm. They signed this kid, Alex Highsmith, or they drafted the kid, Alex Highsmith, out of some school I don't remember. And if Xavier's in the room, tell him, look up what school um, Alex Highsmith went to. Because I bet you nobody knows it off the top of their head, um, unless you're a Pittsburgh fan. But that's what they do. They find the replacements. And you can't be scared to go with the replacements. It's just like the Eagles. I mean, I'm not the Eagles, the Colts. Um, the Colts traded to San Francisco for one of their D tackles. And all San Francisco did was go back, get Javon um Kinlon. Yeah. Yeah, Kinlon. And then that that was their replacement. Now, unfortunately, that didn't really work. 
So they went back and doubled down and signed Hargraves. Hargrave had a good year. They let him go. They got draft compensation in a compensation pit. I can go on this, but because this is my mantra. Die on your cross, baby. Ooh. Uh, you about to be a little upset. Oh, uh, he went to the University of North Carolina at Charlotte. There you go. Um, off topic, this just rolled across the phone. Uh, Juan Soto and the Yankees are in agreement on a one year, $31 million contract. That's what's supposed to happen. That's mm. his arbitration deal. Mm. So, this I think this or the next year is his last year. Arbitration. No, this is his last year arbitration. So, that's not really all that is, is that's him signing for what he's going to play on this year. So, that doesn't really, I mean, the fact that he's in New York is the horrible part. It's the part where, like, you know, the earth has probably crumbled in some places and fallen into the ocean. But it's okay because I know he's only there for one year. But that, at least that's what you think. But either way, next year, we'll take no, you to no, the house, no, get no, you no, no, build, no, no. we'll take you to a game, get you a hot dog, get you some pinstripes, let you feel what it's like to be around a winner for a change. I'm allergic to pinstripes. I actually throw up. Mm. I get in pinstripes. Especially anything that has an N and a Y on it. But if you do get me something with an NY and pinstripes, I could wash my car. Because my wheels are dirty. So that would help. I ain't fitting it with you tonight. <sighs> um, <laughs> Perry said Rabel has the pedigree and did his internship with the Titans. Um, he also said he can come home to Foxborough with a long leash. And damn a leash, a whole backyard. I agree with that. I think they'll give him the keys to the castle. But there's no argument against that. The only thing I'm trying to, I'm saying, or the only thing I'm going to say is I think Mayo may get some consideration as well. I think okay. that's, I think this is a two horse race. And I think that's going to, how that's going to play out. Agreed. I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised to Gerard Mayo because I've, I know there were two linebackers. There's probably more than that, but he's one of the two middle linebackers I saw as coaches when they played. The other one, Coaches the Houston Texans. So I just, it's just something I see uh, an ability to lead, and I think he can do it. So, yeah. Uh, Perry says Soto and Pinstripes long term. It's all, baby. He ain't going nowhere. I agree, Perry. Here we go. He play well, he's not going anywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna help you guys out. His, his agent is who. Who was his agent? It's the dude that has, uh, oh, man. Of course his yeah. name just falls on my head. Scott Boris? Scott Boris. There we go. So so this is an auction. He can have a great year for the Yankees. And he's going to as long as he doesn't fall in love with pulling the ball and trying to use that short porch down the line. As long as he stays true to himself and keeps hitting the ball to left center, right center, and occasionally pulls it down the line, he'll be fine. I'm not worried about his play. But I'm not – if you I think this is a done deal, I feel sorry for you, son. You know, it'd be better if we took you to a playoff game and let you sit on the third baseline and just kind of soak in the atmosphere of the house that Jeter built. Soak it in. 
Let it wash over you. You and the boss, BJ. We'll matter of fact, that's what we'll do. We'll take y'all up there. We'll get you Yankee jerseys. I, look, we ain't got to get current players. I don't, I'm not going to get your Aaron Judge jersey or nothing like that. I'll get you a Bernie Williams jersey, and I'll get him a Derek Jeter jersey. Get you both fitted hats. Whole nine. Take good care of you. Let you know what it's like to be around a winner. It's like a recruitment trip. Without the hookers. Oh, if it's ain't no hookers. <laughs> it's a family show, man. It's a family show. <laughs> oh, Perry said uh Cat Star Judge is gonna go to San Francisco. See what happened. Yeah. I was I was kind of scared my damn self. I ain't gonna lie. Uh, next I'm gonna say this. Go ahead. Before we get out of this Soto wormhole that we traveled into, just just pay attention because Soto's a quiet guy, and if he he may not like the limelight of New York, so that's why I'm not too big on automatically assuming that he's gonna resign in New York. You know, change your mind on that from being a quiet guy and not liking the limelight. Money talks, bullshit walks. Yeah, and a lot of people got money. Now yeah. they don't spend it, but a lot of people got some money. If that that's gotta be quoted tonight right there. You don't leave the Yanks, you get shipped out. It's quoted tonight right there. I love it. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. All right, super wild card weekend. Let me turn the page in this book so I can write this down. Two games on Saturday we need to preview. Uh, Browns visit the Texans. Browns two and a half point favorites. Over under is uh, 44 and a half. Midnight ride. Take it away. I think I need Doc Brown to like send me the DeLorean and get me back to the future. <laughs> Good God, I felt like I was in 2006. All the Yankee talk just now. Oh, Jesus. Um, are we going to end the show with Enter the Sandman? Like, instead of playing Wrap It Up B, we're going to just play Enter the Sandman to close it out? <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. All right. Copyright laws. Copyright laws. <laughs> All right. So, Super Saturday, Wild Card Preview. Uh, what's the first game on the slate for us? That's Browns and Texans. Browns, Texans. Oh, it's January Joe, baby. Um, I love me some Texans. I, I've been on the, sh- on the ship. I've been on the boat. I might have been the conductor. I might have been driving the the bandwagon for the Houston Texans after week four. But, and there's a big but. I mean, this is like, oh, my God, Becky, look at her butt. Kind of a big but in this situation. I think, Houston, we have a problem. Mm. That problem That problem is January Joe. I think January Joe is going to come in. I think he's going to do his play action. You get Cooper back. Uh, you got Njoku actually playing like a man-child. Um, he might, somebody might have to look because he might be in a contract year the way he's playing. But, um, yeah, you, with those combinations and then you mixing in Ford, you mix in Kareem Hunt, uh, I, you mix in Pierre Strong. I think I think the Browns eat this out, and part of that is I want I want January Joe 
to go visit Baltimore. Mm, there Fuck you go. Crab cakes from GNM. Let's let's have some fun. Let's make it personal. Mm, mm, mm. And no, and Joe, they're gonna ask Joe, will you stand up to the challenge? And Joe's gonna look at him and he's gonna say in the immortal words of Doc Holiday, I'll be your Huckleberry. Somehow, some way, a quote from Unforgiven always. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Tombstone. <laughs> Tombstone always winds up on this show. Uh, and I'm not mad at it, but no, uh, and Joku still has two more years left okay. on his contract. He has 24 and 25 left on his contract. So nope, not a contract year. Okay. Um, <laughs> Perry says, just like the Lakers, unless you Dwight, you, you, you don't leave, you get shipped out. And what he said, you see how that worked out. I had a Dwight joke and I'm just going to leave that on the. Look, I had one too, but I was like, nope, yeah. not even going to do it. Yeah. Uh, so who are you taking in this game, man? You, you taking the Browns in this one? I'm taking the Browns. Uh, they um, two and a half point favorites over under 44 and a half. I think we're going to hit the over because I think we're going to have some offense. Okay. I think it's absolutely ludicrous that um, somehow the NFL was so, what's the word I'm looking for? Ignorant in their schedule that they put the dome game at four. Instead of putting it at the as the late game. But if you excuse me, if you notice, Kansas City always has a night game. They always Kansas City's always in prime time in the playoffs. I That's haven't good, seen Kansas, I have I haven't seen Kansas City play uh a, a early game in quite some time. But why wouldn't if we're gonna be technical, why wouldn't Tampa Bay versus Philly be the opening salvo, because that that has the smallest storyline. Yeah, all the other games, and then you can yeah. fix everything else. Your night game, your Monday night game could be Stafford against um, uh, Detroit. Mm-hmm. That brings home the whole the circle of life um, from the golf trade. So it's just, I think they mismanaged this this setup of games, and that's a conversation for another day and another time. Yeah, I, now the next game, I, I I got some things to say about that, but the next game, I, I will talk about that. Um, but I'm taking the Texans in the over. Um, Matt says, "Uh oh, don't do this oh, to me again." Can't decide if it would be more fun to watch Cleveland to win one or two. Can they get up our get our side if I want to be? Well, if it would be more fun to watch Cleveland. To win. Yeah, so um, Matt, I know exactly what you're talking about because I listen to the shows. I listen to Ken Carmen. I love, and it's catchy, but it's Super Bowl, Super Browns. Yeah. So I enjoy that personally. Uh, it's one of my favorite bits that they do. Um, I'm going to try to catch them tomorrow morning, but I know they're going to be gassed up. I know they're going to be ready. Uh, it's one of my favorite shows to catch on Monday mornings. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you, man. I think that's part of the reason why I want this. But the other reason I want it is because I want that element of just the unknown with January Joe going back into Baltimore, um, going into Crab Cake Heaven, and, and possibly doing some damage 
and, and, and walking away making the Ravens a casualty. I mean, what would be more just appetizing, appealing, the Cleveland Browns um, roll in to the, to the place that stole their team, stole their team from them. They had to wait a year, two years to get an expansion team. That expansion team has languished in in, in um, mediocrity at best. And now you get the chance to destroy the hopes of the place where they came from. I mean, the place where they ended up. Oh, that's drama. This is like, this is made for TV. You know what? You couldn't write this any better unless you had a script. <laughs> okay. 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 I'm having a little technical difficulty here. This is all my doing. Trying to do too much at one time. But it's all good, man. Just prop prop up the second game. Let's go from there, man. All right. <clears throat> you got the Dolphins versus KC visiting KC. Now I got a problem with this game. But the Dolphins are uh, four-and-a-half-point underdogs. 44 is the over-under. The problem I had with this game, we, we talked about it in the um, the Sideline Junkers 24-7 group. We talked about how this game should not be moved in any way, shape, or form because of weather. This is a man's game. You play this game in any kind of weather. It's, as long as it's not lightning, you're fine. You play this game in any temperature, and you roll. They tell me, "Oh, it's gonna be too cold. We don't want the guy, man." If you, you don't get the fuck out of here. They talking about it's gonna be a wind chill of negative two. The wind chill at the ice bowl was negative eighteen at kickoff. Please stop. Anyway, midnight rider. Who you taking in this game, man? I'm taking Kansas City. I'm taking the under because the story is about the wins that are possibly coming into town. I think the only way the Dolphins score is if they can get their run game going. I think this is the game that this game gets decided by the feet or the legs of Devin A. Chain and um, Most Moster. Yeah, Moster. Those are two guys that are going to decide this game for Miami. Miami's going to have to pin their ears behind their run game and, and, and try to do some things there, get physical. And, and, and it's not like Miami's not physical, especially in the run game, because that's what they like. You know, the, like I think the biggest misnomer about the Dolphins is they're not a physical team. And I think they're physical in the run game. Their problem is just their defense is so banged up that they can't really put the pressure they want on the quarterback. But I can see this game. Oh, my gosh. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Boston 37, Milwaukee 73. I'm sorry. I just saw that out of the corner of my eye. Oh, God. It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, and this is what I'm talking about, the mismanagement games. This is a this is a game of the week type of thing. This is the game where you – I mean, yes, I know you want it in prime time, but if you put it in a better time slot, you got two offenses – you know, even though KC offense struggles, you can have a possibility of having like two offenses really going at it, setting the tone for the playoffs. You have Tyreek Hill coming back to KC to play in the game in the playoffs that means something. I mean, it's just I, I feel like this is poor planning. I feel like it's poor planning, 
And I understand what you're talking about, you know, the 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 weather and not paying attention to the temperature, but I think we just get a better product if they played this in an earlier time like slot. And like Jeff was talking about his experience in Pittsburgh, Jeff Neal, one of our members in our group, he was like, he had a beer at a Pittsburgh game after four o'clock. Um, and it was so cold that the beer became a slushy. Nobody wants a beer slushy. Don't go with a beer. Oh, Jesus Christ. Never mind. I'm talking to the wrong guy. I'm 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 being honest. I mean, you gotta understand when it comes to inclement weather, when it comes to snow, heavy winds, rain. If I got tickets to this game and it's a playoff game, I'm gonna be in there. I remember a story. It was a story that came out of RFK. It had snowed, and everybody went to go take shelter. It was an older gentleman that was in one of the upper decks. He looked around when everybody came back because the snow had slowed down. He said, where did y'all go? And all he had was a pile of peanut shells around him because he never moved out of his seat. Okay. I'm that tight. And Ross says, uh, what's up, guys? Sorry I'm late. Just finished up dinner. Hey, Ross, what you cook? We been to, we had a uh, kind of sort of impromptu what you what you what you eating uh 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 segment earlier. So so what what you what you eating? Uh the boss BJ say those days are over. I, I really don't see, here's the thing. No, ho ho the thing about this this week, kids got out of school early for wind, not for snow, for wind. Yeah, not you for rain, wind. Do, we went to we went to school in the same generation. I remember it was a tornado one. You know what they told us? Turn the lights off and open up the dang on window. That was it. So the roof don't blow off. That was it. But see, that's different. We're talking about this is the term I like to use is we live in litigious times. <laughs> Litigious. Okay, I, I'm gonna have to look that one up. Basically, we will sue. People will sue if they feel like you put them in harm's way. Mm, mm, mm. And I and I said this that when I when the when the announcement was made, I said this is because they're not trying to get sued because they got your baby out in harm's way while this storm is going on. I I, I don't mean to jump off subject. And I, this is how much times have changed. They got out for wind and some rain. I told my wife this story. If you're old enough to remember the blizzard of 87 in the DMV, you had, you know, we got blizzard of 96, blizzard of 87, and then possibly the blizzard of 2010. Are your three greatest blizzards in our lifetime. And then I think it was like one in the late 70s. But in my lifetime, those are the three. 87, I was, in, I was at school in Beacon Heights. It snowed while we were in school. The buses couldn't make it up the street to the school. So they kept us in school. We were in there until like 4 or 5 o'clock. We just chilling, watching the Flintstones. We think this shit's cool. We didn't get home till 6, 30, 7 o'clock. My mother was pissed. I'm talking about going outside, and, and, and I'm going to change my clothes. I'm coming outside. We're having a snowball fight. It's dark outside. My mother's pissed. I can't understand why she's pissed. Like, it's snow. As a kid, I didn't understand it. As an adult, I get why she's pissed. she was pissed. Was she ready to sue? No. She was more mad because they didn't tell her where her baby was. That's it. But that's the difference of you and your mama than now. 
Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Like we 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 are. Look, guys, I, I hate to tell y'all this, but the more and more this salt and pepper getting our billions, the more and more we become part of the Stone Age. <laughs> we are part of the Mesozoic era. We're we're no longer in the norm. So so yeah, man. I get it. I'm uh, telling you, this this ain't our world. No, BJ, BJ. He said, get ready for championship games we played in Vegas, Indian Dallas. And I think that's like the dumbest shit possible. Nope. Because what they see is, I told us, we said this last year, because we brought this topic up last year around this time, probably close to the championship games. Yeah. Um, and I was pissed in too. Because we were talking about putting, they were talking about either making like the Super Bowl pay per view and something else. But I, I totally think Vegas, Indy, Dallas, and Atlanta. It's going to be a rotation of some sort. I think Vegas and Indy get the AFC. I think Dallas and Atlanta get the um, NFC. So NFC, Vegas, and Dallas. I mean, sorry, Dallas and Atlanta. AFC, the two AFC spots. And I think they're going to put the championship games there because they see the success that the college playoff games are having. And now you get people in the stadium, perfect conditions, and you have the full entertainment of the game. You don't have to worry about snow. You don't have to worry about inclement weather. Again, this this isn't fan driven. This is corporate driven. This is dollars making sense driven. And here's the problem. That's not how the game was intended to be played. The game was intended to be played in all weather, no matter what. If it's if the field's frozen, so the hell what. You didn't have teams like the Jets, the Colts, teams that didn't have grass on the field. They played on dirt, broken glass bottle, and they still played the game the right way. Now you have all this technology, and you still say, well, we're going to play indoors. I, oh, my God, it almost slipped. What kind of punk-ass shit is that? That's not how the game is to be played. I'm telling you right now, you're the dude, and when I say this, you're going to laugh. If Santa Slade was real and Rudolph was at the back end of his career, he in year 20 and like his reindeer life expectancy is 22 years or whatever it is, and he can't get it done. And you see some reindeer with like a um, spotlight on his hat, on his head, leading the sleigh, and it's not Rudolph's red nose. You would be the dude like, why can't Rudolph lead the sleigh? It's always been Rudolph. I can't accept change. And that's what this is. Like, you got to move on from Rudolph at some time. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Rudolph's better days, Rudolph's better days are behind him. Father Time, even in terms of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, is undefeated. I got you. Um, Let me get to this real quick. Ross said he made salmon loaf, meatloaf out of salmon. Ooh, that sounds good. Sweet potatoes and peas. Hmm. Damn, we got enough gas to get to Ross' house? <laughs> we got gas for that. We, we got gas to get to Ross' house. <laughs> hey, we can get to Ross' house. Hey. Um, BJ says championship games are going to be regional to help the home team fans get to the game. I I, I got a, something to say about that. Um, he uh, B also says whoever the home team is closest to. Um, that makes sense. Perry says corporate rules. This isn't the Pete Rosell age, KG. Yeah, it's not. I get you. Uh, can't make money on the frozen tundra, dude. 
But that's the mystique of Lambeau Field. You when they this time of year, when you got a playoff game, if you have a playoff game in Lambeau, the first thing you hear, John Facenda call it the frozen tundra of Lambeau. That is like boom, let's go. We are in the playoffs. We are in January. Let's run it. Let's go. That's what that is. You can't tell me if you're an owner. Let's say you're an owner of Let's say you own your your shareholder of Green Bay, right? But I own the Atlanta Falcons. I'm not in the playoffs. What does that have? What does that do to your fan base when you make it to the championship game and you got to try? Everybody got to travel to Atlanta. Now you may still get money uh, off of the ticket sales, but I get the revenue. I get still get more revenue even though I'm not in the playoffs. I get more money. No, that's what I mean. No, they would change. They would do it just like they do it over in London, but the home team would get the revenues from from the stadium for that event. It would be treated like a home game. So how, how would you, you pay, how would you pay the host? Home? Huh? How would you pay the host? Because you're not going to tell me if an NFL owner owns his stadium, he's not going to make money off of you off of hosting a, 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 a NFC Championship game or AFC Championship game. You're not going to tell me they're not going to make money off of that. Dog, trust me. We're five years behind this plan. This plan has been in the makes and be in the midst. And, and BJ even made a good point. Say if it's Green Bay. So more likely if Green Bay's the home team, that game's gonna be an Indy as opposed to being in Atlanta. And then also think about fan travel too. They not they they're not it's the NFC championship game. And Everybody. one of the, in the biggest sport, in the biggest sport. They're not, they're not worried about these fans traveling. They're going to travel. Everybody don't have it. No, no, no. Hold on. Tell me, tell me. You got to think about this, dog. The biggest problem that NFL team have, teams have right now is the opposing fans intruding the stadium. True. And I, don't care, and, and I don't care what anybody wants to tell you. I don't care how the narrative is written here. It's not just a Washington thing. No, you know, that's all over the league. All over the league. All right, it's a league-wide thing. The second, the second, the dollar amount rose to a point where fans had to figure out and make business decisions about their fandom is when this all changed. It's when it all changed. So now, when you know you got a premium game coming up on your schedule in your season ticket package, and you can sell that for premium money, you sell it because that helps you either recoup recoup some of your money. And set yourself up to pay for your tickets next year. That's what they're doing. So, so this championship game thing being in a neutral site, they'll put like we're talking about the NFL. The NFL does one thing right: make money. We got. They were so smart that they gave teams the options to pick foreign countries to see if they want to be considered the home team of that country. So now, when you Go to certain places, you'll go to like Wembley Stadium or in that area of Wembley, and you'll see Jaguars gear heavier than everybody else's gear because the Jaguars are the quasi home team of that area. But because we had Dan Snyder, he was so short sighted, he didn't really get in on that on that money market making opportunity. Yeah. Agree with that. <clears throat> but that's a whole different thing. Let's get back to the games and the games themselves. 
All right, it's going to be like college. Let's get to these comments. It's going to be like college football, college with a bowl games and playoffs at neutral sites. I think the first two rounds will be at the regular places, and then everything else, boom. And Perry Jones is the nail on the head. Despite him being a Yankee fan, he's a smart man. <laughs> he says, "Uh, fuck a mystique. That's old heads. That's not money. And I guess that's what I am. I guess I am officially an old head because that's the game. That's mm. I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. That's the way I grew up playing the game. That's the way I watched the game. I, I already had the vision in my head, dog. So and I'm not wishing this evil on you, Ricky Bobby. But at some point, there's gonna be a grandkid. Grandkids gonna be seven or eight years old. And he's gonna come in the room and pop pops will be watching because they're gonna call you pop because black people don't get called granddaddy. So you get called like pop pop. Pop something like that. Um, but you the kids gonna come in the room and he's gonna sit down and you're gonna be watching football and then you're gonna start complaining about something. And the kids gonna look at you, he's gonna look at the TV, and he's gonna look at you again, and he's gonna get up and he's gonna run up, he's gonna leave the room, and he's gonna go to whoever his parent is again because I'm not trying to wish the evil on you. I'm not saying which one of your kids this is the head grandkid. Because I'm not trying to rush none of that on you. And he, the kids going to go to their parents and be like, is Pop-Pop crazy? Why is Pop-Pop yelling at the TV? Why is Pop-Pop saying this some punk-ass football? They be like, baby, Pop-Pop grew up in a time when, when you could be very physical. And the NFL isn't as, like that as much anymore. I'm telling you, this is going to happen. It's just like the commercial. No, I'm not going to bring that up. <laughs> and Perry said nailed it. And yeah, I did come from a, a, a time when uh, uh, the game was a lot more physical. That's why I have the headaches that I have now. But <laughs> I mean, still, it, it, I'm not saying go out and hurt anybody, but it's like when you have those, I look forward to games in January, December and January, because I look forward to the snow. Because then you got you can't pass the ball. You got to have a – I remember watching Jerome Bettis. Oh, the bus got his snow ties on today. That's what you got to do. Put them chains on them ties and let the boys run. You got to have a strong arm quarterback that can throw the ball through a cut and win. <sighs> I'm, I'm going to leave it alone. No, it's okay. And Perry says – uh, No, this is going to happen because that kid's going to be like, that. Um, Pop Pop, can I watch – an old game with you, and then you're gonna wheel out the TV, the tube TV, like it's like it's the AV joint back in the day. You're gonna pop in the VCR. See, I don't even have to do that. See, I'm I'm, I'm tech savvy. I pull all that stuff up on YouTube now. Okay, like I come home and do paper. Even then, by that point, you can be like, who uses YouTube? That's fine. Why don't you use? Why don't you use whatever whatever the new joint is? You can be like, why don't you use this pop? Because they don't have, I can't stream my stuff on there. Like I watch NBA Open Court on continuous loop at night. America's game all night at night. Start from Super Bowl one and get to whatever Super Bowl I get to. At least get the Super Bowl eight or nine sometimes. Yeah, man, I'm telling you. And Perry says, think of everything else that goes on around the game that week. Yeah, that's true. So, but it's a lot of money exchanging hands. I'm not going. I'm gonna go ahead and back up off of it. Uh, so you taking KC in this one uh, over or under? 
Uh, under for sure. Okay. I'll take the under as well. Um, before we get out of here, I, I mean, damn, I already had beef, but uh, damn, I, I got more beef. I mean, shit. And Ross says, um, Casey under Xavier's taking Casey as well. Um, <laughs> get off my artificial turf. I mean, <laughs> it's like that. It's like that. Um, quickly, I seen this on Twitter and it, it pissed me off so bad. Um, a gentleman was talking about something that happened 20 years ago, talking about the. Pistons not drafting Carmelo Anthony. Oh, they messed up Carmelo's career because he should have had a ring before LeBron, and it was the powers that be, and this, that, and the other. He would have been a better player. They should have never drafted Darko. Rasheed Wallace said it perfectly. If we would have drafted Carmelo, we probably wouldn't have never won that title that year because Carmelo wanted to start. You already had Tayshawn in the small forward role. Carmelo wanted to start was not a good fit. He wasn't a good fit. He wasn't defensively savvy enough. We're talking about something that happened 20 years ago, and you're talking about the powers that be that held Carmelo Anthony back from being an NBA champion because when he had a chance to go get money, you know, the powers that be made him go to New York. No, he chose to go to New York. Stop blaming imaginary powers that be for people not having the will and the drive to work on their damn game and be the dang old Hall of Famer that they were slated to be. Carmelo Anthony didn't win a ring because of Carmelo Anthony. And there was no imaginary force. Vince Carter didn't win a ring because of Vince Carter. All he did was run and jump for 20 years, and now he get ready to go in the Hall of Fame. Bullshit. Next. So, Carmelo Anthony didn't want to ring because of Kobe Bean Bryant. <laughs> and if I could get my little nephew on the show, I told him then that Carmelo was never winning the ring because he had to go through San Antonio and he had to go through the Lakers. Yes, and it was not he just was not it wasn't going to happen. He was going to have to be special in so many ways. That it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't gonna make sense. Um totally agree with Perry. Nope, Detroit had Prince, not a fit. It wasn't it a fit. Wasn't a fit. It, it was it was it was actually they were the victim of circumstances because they ended up in a good spot and didn't think to trade out or to move back or anything like that. And maybe they didn't like anything else around them to move back. Um Vince Carter, there's actually a video. I think Gil talks mm-hmm. about Vince. And and and, and, I, I, and I had this argument before with someone. Um, actually, I think I had it with one of my boys. And I was like, yo, they would say, oh, it's the argument against Kobe. They're like, oh, anybody could have won a ring next to Shaq. And I tell everybody, no, they couldn't. And the reason you couldn't is because if you didn't have that dog in you to take those shots, 
because at the end of the ball game, you weren't throwing it down to Shaq to get to get the foul, foul so Shaq could go to the free throw line. You were taking you were the fourth quarter, you were the closer. And I'm telling you right now, Vince wasn't a closer. That wasn't his mentality. Say it again. He didn't have that dog in him. He ain't had no wolf in him. He ran and jumped for 20 years. Was he an amazing player? Yes. Did he hold talent hostage? Yes. He held talent hostage. That's it. I'm not going to go that far, but okay. When Gil said it, Gil said, you know, you waited until you were in year 15, 16. So when you're trying to just hang on, that's when you start going to bed early. That's when you start working on your nutrition. No, you should have been doing that from day one. Yeah. And when it comes to when it comes right to now, fellow, you pay me like they pay these dudes. I might have a I might have a um a Fort Say bar like right by my seat on the bench. I might just have a water cooler and like cash just know don't touch the bins water cooler. Because it's got Fort Mose in it. <laughs> but that's my beef. My beef is stop trying to re- revise the history that happened. Yes, they picked Darko. Yes, Darko was a bust. They knew Darko wasn't going to play. He didn't play at all that season. I think he played maybe three games that season. Got a ring. Sat on the bench. Said his rookie contract was up. Had another contract with another team. Then he went back home. And then who did he hurt? Nobody. So 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 the revisionist history part. Is a part that always gets me because Washington has that right now, where everybody talks about 2020 and they should have drafted a quarterback. No, they should they shouldn't have because you would have had a holy war on your hand for the people like KG that thought that we didn't give Dwayne Haskins a chance, we didn't allow him to develop, we didn't set Dwayne Haskins up in the best situation for Dwayne Haskins to maximize his potential. So that alone is why. Ron Rivera and company, and because of the owner also, is why Ron Rivera and company did not take a quarterback in that time. And then the other thing, because, of course, I was evaluating quarterbacks at that time. Nobody wanted Herbert because every time Herbert got in a big spot, Herbert didn't show. And Herbert really hasn't, I mean, Herbert's had some numbers. Has Herbert really won something, a big game? No. He's got numbers. And let's be real about Tua. Everybody worried about Tua's hip. And his fact that he always got hurt. So it's not, it's like. You damn if you do, damn if you don't. It's easy easy to say that today the sun is sunny outside. It's 52 degrees. And the wind is blowing from the west at 25 degrees. And the barometer is 26.84 when you came outside during the day. You can't make that same proclamation the night before when you don't know what the weather is. I love it. I love it. And uh, Perry says, uh, come on. He didn't win a ring because Dolan should have should have waited to get Melo as a free agent and not give up four starters for him in a trade. Uh, we were talking about um, winning, winning rings next to Shaq. Penny didn't. LeBron didn't. Well, bronze version of Shaq, that was that was like um that was the Timu version of Shaq. You know what I'm saying? That was the Wish version of Shaq. That wasn't Shaq. That was Shaquille. <laughs> Let's go home. All right. 
I think you froze up again on me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you for indulging us in another episode of the Sideline Junkies, our Thursday night throwdown. I want to give some love to the people that were in the comments tonight. Uh, Matt Catlin, uh, Perry, uh, C.V. Williams giving us some love. Xavier, um, oh, shit. Um, the Don is in the building. So thank you to everybody for um, watching us. Thank you for everybody uh, coming out. Thank you for giving us your time. I appreciate that. Um, as we always say, even though we do overtime, KG like to say, and a lot of y'all say we don't do no overtime. Oh, no, we, we don't. Are. We don't. We don't. And yes, Don, we did hit that Thursday button. Hold on. I ain't mean to cut you off that Midnight Rider. No, go ahead. And uh, Perry said Shaq was on the downside of his career when he got that. Yeah, them injuries taking a toll. And thank you, Ross. As uh, always. But I will say this, Midnight Rider. We got a valid argument that I guess is going to take place uh, off air. Because uh, I'm still not feeling that whole thing about moving games and new states. So I, that's going to be an argument from now until the cows come home. Just want to let you know that. By, so, so let me let you know now, because BJ wrote this in my contract with the sideline junkies. It's um, He wrote it in biblical terms. He said, thou shalt not waste content <laughs> inside conversations. <laughs> Uh, and most definitely, Perry, we got another NBA show coming up because we need to do the state of the NBA soon. We we need to do that. We need to do uh, it soon. Yeah. Um, and we also need to hit Matt up so we can get a state of the NHL as well. Yeah. Um, so those those two updates we probably want to do in the next two to three weeks because I know um, trade deadlines are coming up. So maybe we hit Perry for the trade deadline um, and we hit Matt right before that for the NHL update. So go ahead and take us on about it here. Oh, no. I'm, I'm just saying, we're the sideline junkies. Thank you for coming out. You know what? I'm going to kick it old school. God bless and good night. Have a good one. <laughs>